brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to Me and Paranormal You with your host, Ryan Singer. It's more fun to believe. Third third year bonus. Hello out there. This is Ryan Singer coming to you with another third year bonus content of Me and Paranormal You. Thank you for listening. I hope you're doing well. I am out on the road. I am in Kansas or somewhere. They are burning fields. There's these giant bonfires. So when you're driving through at night, if you're lucky enough to drive through at night, I guess, there's the, 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 the ground is ablaze and it's, it's like reddish orange and maybe even, you know, getting into the, some yellow, uh, depending. And it's a full moon, too. So you've got this full moon lighting up the landscape. And then you have these ground fires that are acres, they look like to be acres wide. I mean, the smoke is even blocking out the sky at some point to where you can't even, can't even see the moon. Uh, they're doing this for uh, grass, to help the grass grow back faster for the ca- all the cattle, all them fat-ass cows out here. So, um, yeah, I mean, driving through New Mexico, the Land of Enchantment, as you know, is one of my favorite places, um, just because of the name of it, the Land of Enchantment. I mean, what a delightful name. I think um, driving through there last night with the moon almost full was incredible. I did at one point see a set of two to three lights that were too high in the sky to be like a control tower, an air control tower. There was just nothing there. And and I was driving on the freeway. And it was quite late at night. It was maybe three in the morning. I like to do late night driving because you can kind of, you can just zip through places, you know. Anyway, and you can see shooting stars if you're lucky. And keep your eye on the road, but you can also catch a lot of shooting stars out in the southwest while you're driving on the freeways at night because there's so little light pollution. And just sleep in a rest stop somewhere. You know, New Mexico's got rest stops, so does Arizona and Texas. Yeah, just sleep in your car, you know. Anyway, it's easy for me to say as a man. Uh, you, you feel more safe, I think, if you're a man in that situation. So anyway, moving on. I see these three lights, man, and I, I'm, I'm getting ready to pull off the freeway. Um, I want to pull off, right? And I'm like, well, where am I going to go? I'll just kind of chase them down in my car. And then all of a sudden they were gone, just gone, man. They didn't move, though. They didn't, for like 15 minutes, like 10 minutes, they didn't move. Uh, well, it felt like 10 minutes. Maybe it was just like seven, five to seven minutes, but they didn't move. They, it wasn't a plane descending. It wasn't a helicopter hovering at three in the morning. Um, it wasn't a drone just buzzing up there. Um, and then I start freaking out because it's just gone, right? I'm like looking back over my left shoulder out the driver's side window to try to see them in the sky. Like, where'd they go, man? Where'd they go? And all of a sudden I realize, oh, and the moon is still lighting up the landscape. And I see a, lo- a bunch of mountains have come into view. So therefore I realize, oh, the mountains may just be blocking it. Uh, it was just a moment in time. I decided I could go investigate further 
or I could just allow myself to have this magical moment in time where I will never know the answer. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm digging that attitude. I'm digging the attitude of I just might not ever know the answer to this, and that's fine. I'm totally uh, at peace with not knowing the answers to any of this, it turns out. I've decided. Um, we're going to talk about guided meditation today. We're going to get into guided meditation, guided imagery. Um, one of the, fa- I, you know, I always say this, but it's like, you know, you, you, you go down this rabbit hole of all these things, and then I've been thinking to myself, I've been even mentioning it, like, oh, it seems like everything just leads back to meditation, right? So it's like, why have I not gone back? into meditation to just try to kind of uncover some things, maybe discover some things I didn't really realize about meditation, guided meditation specifically, more so than uh, mindfulness or just this the meditation by oneself, um, if you want to call it mindfulness. Um, but before we can know what guided meditation truly is, I think we have to go through a brief history of what uh, meditation is in general. And the history of meditation is of prehistoric origin, it turns out. So, I mean, as you could probably imagine, you probably knew that even if you didn't really know it. You knew it, that uh, subconsciously in your collective memory from your ancestors, you, you know that you've been thoughtful. Um, and your ancestors have been thoughtful. I, I feel like we know this together. So anyway, I'm listening to this Ram, uh, Ram Das, these lectures on the Bhagavad Gita. It's an audio book, like an audio lecture series. It's incredible. It's so good. Um, Ram Das is, he's Ram Das boss. He's the boss. Really digging it. Really digging it. It's on Audible, or I, I got the audio, or the Audible app. I think there's also audiobooks app. That's a Mark Twain one, but I'm, I'm listening to it on Audible. This is not a plug for Audible. I'm not sponsored by them. But it talks a lot about meditation. And, you know, he's talking a lot about karma yoga and all these other things that I don't quite yet fully understand, even though I I have begun my journey into kundalini yoga, just practicing at home. I was going to start going to a place, but then I realized I am now currently on the road for what will be a full month. I didn't want to go somewhere and then just disappear for a month. I want to go somewhere when I can kind of lock into it. And what I can lock into is, um, you know, people on YouTube or people on the Internet who are walking me through or stretching me through, um, you know, kundalini yoga, which is what I'm trying. The breath of fire, you know, maybe I did too much cocaine in my day, but like, you know, getting used to the breath of fire thing is interesting. I think I've finally gotten it uh, down to where I don't feel like a total moron doing it. So I, I found myself even doing it in the shower and even thinking, being mindful um, of nothing. If, if that makes sense. So this meditation thing has been on my mind because this is something that goes hand in hand with kundalini yoga or it goes with yoga or I guess any kind of spiritual practice will have meditation or mindfulness um, at, its, uh, at its core. And what is interesting is people who have difficult times locking into meditation many times will find that someone guiding them can be helpful. Now, many people are going to be on the Internet telling you they can make you rich. They can make you successful. They can make you more powerful. They can do all these things, right, through their guided meditations because they've figured out the frequencies, uh, the hurts. They've figured out, the, you know, the repetition things. They, they figured out the science behind it all, like to get you into a theta state or your brain waves to activate and do all this stuff, right? I'm not interested in that right now. What I am interested in is, is that... When someone is guiding you, someone who's capable and has a very soothing voice, uh, it can be quite reassuring and can be very enjoyable and sometimes can help you, can help me get through that initial block that I may have. So like I said, meditation is of prehistoric origin. Prehistoric, just as a reminder, just means pre-written history, right? It's found throughout history, especially mostly in religious contexts, as you might imagine. That's where meditation is going to be popping up. Uh, prehistoric religion involved repetitive, repetitive? Oh man, I'm so, I've been driving, I made it about 1,500 miles in about 30 hours. So I'm like pretty jazzed up right now. Uh, no Red Bull, 
No Monster Energy drink. None of that garbage. None of that taurine garbage. I have had caffeine. Starbucks right next to the hotel. Closed one minute as I walked over there. It's probably good. It's too late at night for me to be drinking coffee. Focus. So it involved repetitive rhythmic chants, which today are commonly called mantras, uh, which I can dig that. If you are a fan of stand-up comedy, um, uh, specifically if you know my stand-up comedy, I have a joke called How to Get High Without Drugs, and it is a way to get high just through repetition. Um, You can check that out on my first album if you want. That's a shameless plug, and I'm not afraid to say it. How to Get High Without Drugs. Check that joke out. The video is on YouTube. Some of the earliest written records of meditation, um, let's see if I can pronounce this correctly, uh, dhyana, come from Hindu traditions of uh, Vedantism around 1500 BCE. Uh, Vedantism, probably. The Vedas Vedas, um, discuss the meditative traditions of ancient India around the 6th to 5th centuries uh, BCE, other forms of meditation develop in Taoist China and Buddhist India. Dhyana in early Buddhism also takes influence on Vedanta by circa around the 4th century, it says here. So this is an interesting th- situation here because um, I, don't really, I don't really get into like memorization of dates and things like that. It seems to be kind of an, anti, uh, an antiquated uh, type of educational system that uh, you could argue that the United States of America and the public schools have been using and, and other and private schools as well. Memorize these names, memorize these dates, as opposed to trying to teach you how to think or how to understand or become intellectual, which isn't necessarily, I think, the end-all be-all being intellectual because that really really gets rid of the spiritual side of things, which I think we need to foster because that there is art there, right? So, but there can be art in both sides. What I'm saying is the dance between the intellect and the spirit can create a very uh, beautiful piece of art. So, um, some of these dates are going to be suspect. Maybe we could say suspect. We don't exactly know because let's be honest, 20,000 years ago, our human ancestors were probably doing some kind of meditation of some kind. Some kind of meditation of some kind. Yes, okay, there's the repetition. See, I'm already I'm sneaking it in. It's very onomatopoeic, whether you believe I should be using that word in this context or not. So, this is like our, this is where we're kind of guessing here. This is our, our belief about when this is all happening. Uh, the exact origins of Buddhist meditation are subject to debate among scholars. Early written records of the multiple levels of states of meditation in Buddhism in India are found in the sutras of uh, the Pali Canon, which dates to uh, 1st century BCE. So, you know, roughly just over 2,000 years ago, 2,100 years ago, you could say. Um, in the West, 20 BEC, uh, BC, we'll just say BC from now on, uh, Philo of Alexandria had written on some form of, quote, spiritual exercises involving attention and concentration. And by the 3rd century, Plotinus had developed meditative techniques, which, however, did not attract a following among Christian meditators. St. Augustine experimented with the methods of Plotinus and failed to achieve ecstasy. And that's a damn shame because if there's one thing I wish in this world, it's for all those bastards to have achieved ecstasy. Can you imagine achieving ecstasy through your mind? And some of you listening to this probably have done this. It reminds me when I was um, a teenage boy and I thought I could do it sitting in class. Um, Probably a different kind of different kind of meditation. So um, let's see here. What else do um, do I want to get into about this? This is all like antiquity stuff, okay? You know, meditation is prevalent in the Middle Ages uh, and also in modern history, obviously. It has really become an, ex- an explosive idea here in the last 30, 40 years. Um, people have been extolling the virtue of meditation long before that. But here in the West, it has only been, I would argue, in the last 30 to 40 years, tops that you really start hearing about this stuff that's not going to be that's not to say that like jack kerouac probably wasn't out there telling people to meditate man you know what i mean i'm sure he was i'm sure all these hippies you know uh you know in san francisco 
back in the 60s as well. So you could say 50 years ago if you really wanted to, but it was still probably in my idea of at least my very um, ignorant understanding, it seems a little more fringe, a little more counterculture at that time. But what you'll notice is this is all becoming mainstream now. Many of the things we're talking about are becoming mainstream, are becoming what the rest of the world um, are interested in it. And why wouldn't they be? Because we're interested in the most interesting stuff. I mean, that's not to say that we're better or smarter um, or anything like that. It's just that for whatever reason, we've gotten into these things before everyone else seems to. You can see it with the explosion of crystals, the explosion of yoga, um, energy healing, float tanks. All of these things are happening. Jim Carrey is playing Terrence McKenna in a movie, apparently, about his life. Um, so, I mean, that's a pretty mainstream situation for a guy like Terrence McKenna to be being played by Jim Carrey. Um, so you get it. You understand um, that this stuff has been around for a while, but we are now finally, you know, accepting it in general as a culture. Do you remember when those articles came out in the last 16 months or whatever it was saying that meditation, you know, becoming too good at meditation essentially could make you go crazy because you because there's nothing there because you find out that you are nothing and that makes people crazy. I thought that was one of the most beautiful things. And I thought to myself, yes, indeed. Wouldn't you, don't we all fear that? Like I make a joke a lot about sometimes when I'll get too jazzed up or I'll get too still. Well, just what I say, I, I feel like I'm never going to be a person again. But, and you know, that's part of the fear about smoking DMT as well, I think, or doing um, other psychedelic drugs, is you see beyond the facade of this person that you've created, um, that you've constructed, whether it be the ego or, or whatever. I'm not smart enough to, you know, to be able to really tell you all the, the psychoanalytical aspects of it. But I can tell you this. I know the feeling. I know the feeling that I experience when... I glimpse that nothingness that truly I am. And it is only because in the realization that I am part of everything that I realize I am nothing. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if it makes sense. But to be there, to exist in that space, to be able to stay there, it's probably very difficult and probably pretty tricky. And that's probably why there's people who are revered who know how to do it. So... Uh, by the 18th century, the study of Buddhism in the West was a topic for intellectuals. The philosopher Schopenhauer discussed it, and Voltaire asked for toleration towards Buddhists. The first English trans translation of the Tibetan Book of the Dead was done in 1927. So there you see, boom, these things that happened even earlier start slowly but surely building up to where we are now, 90 years later, after that first English translation of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Now we are, we have yoga studios in Topeka, Kansas, around every corner, right? Crystal shops everywhere. Eight crystal shops in Mount Shasta. I just got to tell you, I mean, the place is magical and you'll love it if you go there. There's different kinds of meditation. Buddhist meditation, Christian meditation, Jewish meditation, guided meditation specifically is what I want to focus on here. It's a process by which one or more participants meditate in response to the guidance provided by a trained practitioner or teacher. Now, the training... The training is, uh, is up for debate. Now, pardon me, I'm going to take a sip of my beverage here in the hotel. Now, I've been doing a lot of car singing, so my voice is a little, a little raspy. So what you have here is you have trained practitioners or teachers. The debate will wage for generations about the legitimacy of the qualifications of someone who is trained uh, or has become a teacher in a certified way of some kind when it comes to meditation. Because how truly can anyone know if another person achieves success and stillness or whatever they're looking for when it comes to meditation? I don't know if you can. Science will probably catch up eventually and be able to measure what we call stillness. 
uh, through brain waves. Stillness will be tangible uh, in a result form. But until that day, maybe that day has already happened and I just don't realize it because I'm not the smartest fella. But so you find someone who's trained uh, or certified in these techniques um, and they can guide you either in multiple ways through written text, sound recording, video, audio, visual, media, um, usually com uh, comprises some kind of music, uh, nature sounds, verbal instruction and a, or a combination of all of those things. I think we've all done these exercises before. I know in theater class we did this constantly. Uh, or before improv uh, performances or improv class back in the day when I was in an improv troupe, we, we used to do that all the time. We'd listen to like movie soundtrack music and we would just uh, visualize going to a place. You know, positive visualization is one of the things that all of uh, most of the most successful people in the world uh, specifically athletes and others use performers athletes they use this regularly they see themselves succeeding through this meditative practice because essentially that's all that is positive positive visualization I'm having a hard time saying visualization um, is a positive visualization okay if I s if I if I say it like Christopher Walken I bet it's easier to say like positive visualization um, it's much easier to say because it feels like he has like you know a natural diphthong in the way he in his pattern so anyway th that doesn't matter um, the process often leads to the participant uh, that'd be the person in you know doing it uh, wanting to be led or engaging in the visualization and generating mental imagery that may simulate or recreate the sensory perception of sights sounds taste uh, tastes smells movements and images associated with touch such as uh, texture temperature and pressure as well as imagined mental content that the participant experiences as defying conventional sensory categories. Have you ever meditated and felt yourself ascending to a higher realm? Maybe trying to astral project. I believe that is what they may be referencing here. Um, not specifically, but that kind of thing. Um, now feel like you're a lion. You see, you can't... Well, I mean... I'm not going to say we can't, but most people would tell us we can't just turn into a lion, okay? You know, feel yourself, you are now a bird. You know, people would be like, you can't be a bird. It's like, well, don't tell Don Juan that. You know, you, you know now you are a worm tunneling through the ground or a lizard. I was on the mountain just yesterday, two days ago in Glendale, Brand Park in Glendale, my favorite park. And it must be, I think it's mating season because it was club hot rocks out there. I'm telling you, there were lizards pairing up everywhere. It was, it was a free-for-all. Um, I mean, lizards are always running around and trying to get out of the way of the giants who come down so they don't lose a tail, you know. But, like, I'll tell you, on this particular day, I mean, everybody was, you could just tell, it. you could just see it in their eyes. They were looking for love. And it, it, it warmed my heart to know that all these lizards out there, you know, were... We're meeting their special, special someone, you know, to make babies. You know, maybe I'll have a conversation about making a baby with someone here in the very near future. I don't know why I would say that sentence. Uh, what that sentence doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I'm gonna, I, sh I'm not going to delete it, but let's just act like I didn't say it. The term guided meditation is most commonly used in clinical practice, scholar, scholarly research, and scientific investigation to signify an aggregate of integrated techniques. The most common and frequently used combination of synthesis comprises meditation music and receptive music therapy, guided imagery, relaxation, and some form of meditative practice, and journaling. Hypnosis or hypnotherapeutic procedures may be included as part of an intervention Psychotherapist Michael D. Yapko has shown the remarkable similarity between hypnotic procedures and guided meditation procedures. Now, interesting. There is something interesting there that to be able to hypnotize oneself, maybe even think about that. Because um, I know I've been driving so much that you get into that hypnosis state every once in a while, right? Where you just kind of you don't even realize you're paying attention to the road and you just arrive 
And you're like, oh, I guess I was hypnotized. But to be able to access the power of hypnosis and the positive benefits that hypnosis have shown uh, to have for many people, whether it's quackery or, or pseudoscience, the idea here that, um, that the placebo pill and the idea that everyone knows the placebo pill works, the idea that that just doesn't make everyone not have an open mind baffles me. There's a guy now selling placebo pills. There's a guy selling placebo pills. Um, my new roommate was telling me about this. He was telling me that um, the guy sells you these placebo pills, telling you that they're placebo pills, and that they, but that they will work for whatever it is that you need them to work for but that they are in no way medicine, that they are 100% placebo. And like something crazy, like 70% of people are finding positive results. The power of the mind, right? But this guy is selling them. I'm going to start selling. I'm just going to buy vitamin C tablets in bulk. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm not just going to shill them out. I'm going to sit with them. I'm going to infuse them with very positive intention, healing energy, and then I'll sell you um, these placebo pills, these vitamins, for $10 for five pills. Um, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe that will get me my mountain house. Investigators, clinicians, and research authors frequently analyze and discuss the effects and efficacy of this intervention as a whole, with the result that it is often difficult to attribute positive or negative outcomes to any of the specific techniques that contribute to guided meditation. Furthermore, the term guided meditation is frequently used interchangeably with the terms guided imagery and sometimes with creative visualization in popular psychology and self-help literature and to a lesser extent in scholar scholarly and scientific publications. So you might be asking yourself, what is this guided imagery situation. Well, it's essentially, like they said, the same thing. Guided imagery is a mind-body intervention by which a trained practitioner or teacher helps a participant or patient to evoke and generate mental images that simulate or recreate the sensory perception of sights, sounds, tastes, smells, movements, and images associated with touch, such as texture, temperature and so on so that's a lot to, that, that's a lot that's a lot to swallow there um, that sentence let me break it down for myself it's a mind body intervention okay uh, when we think of a mind body intervention what that means it's a medical or pseudo medical intervention based on the idea that the mind influencing uh, has influence over the physical body. And like I've just discussed with the placebo pill and doctors who acknowledge that the placebo effect is real, um, we know this is real. Um, I mean, what is real, man, right? But uh, you can just, I just, you just, I just, I'm just not going to be the guy who says that about everything. <laughs> like, but what is everything, man? Oh, but what is man, man? Well, you know, you could do it. You could do it forever. A, a character I'm working on is, uh, his name is Richie. He swallowed a whammy bar when he was a teenager. So now all of his words he are whammy barred. I'm not going to do that here for you tonight. You can come to an underbelly comedy show in Los Angeles, California, the second Friday of every month at the Lyric Hyperion Theater. May 12th is our next one. And maybe you'll see Richie, the guy who swallowed a whammy bar. Um, talk about his, his, his plight. The category was introduced in September 2000 by the United States National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health, the NCCIH. So encompasses primarily complementary and alternative medicine interventions, but also includes scientifically validated practices such as cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's a pseudo-medical thing situation here the idea of the mind influencing the physical body how far can you take this how far can you believe 
can you think you are beautiful and then end up seeing, in fact, that you always have been I th- I or, uh, or have become? That's a good practice. I would recommend doing that. If you're not going to talk to your water like Dr. Emoto wants us to, um, just love yourself because there's water in there. And, ta- you know, I feel like if you just kind of really get into it, um, and this is not me being creepy or trying to, like, turn this into, like, some kind of, like, um, sexual thing, but, like, you know, just really, like, you know, just really love yourself. <laughs> Okay, so that's a mind-body intervention, right? So when you have, um, you know, someone, a trained practitioner or teacher, someone who's got credentials somehow, some way, maybe they went through a Reiki course or they, 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 they understood hypno, they took studied hypnotherapy or the power of suggestion, other things, right? Um, maybe they read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, or uh, you know, or maybe they read the, uh, you know, the kind of shoddy semi-autobiography of, of Lenny Bruce that's similarly tited, titled. Um, so you have someone guiding you, guiding your mind, guiding to help you make your mind have an effect over your physical body. Okay? And now this is through generating mental images, like you are beautiful. You, I mean, you really are. I mean, I don't know the last time you looked at yourself. Um and not look at yourself in a mirror. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, think about how hard you are on yourself when it comes to the standards of beauty uh, or the standards of, of love that you, that you hold yourself to. Yet think of how, how open and willing you are to, to love others. Uh, you know, and not nearly as, as strict standards, yet that does not diminish their worthiness of uh, of that love or of being beautiful. Think about that for a minute, and I think you'll understand what I'm saying here. You might be too hard on yourself when it comes to understanding how beautiful, in fact, you are. So, you know, you're beautiful. Just kind of really lock into that for a minute. You know, so think of yourself as a sunset, you know, or a sunrise, depending if you're a morning person. Um, think of that moment there where the sun crests over the horizon. That is you waking up every morning. If someone was lucky enough to witness that situation, this is the emotion and this is the imagery it evokes in their mind. It is the thing that warms them, that uh, helps give them life, not by itself, but you know, also makes life more enjoyable when there is light. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so, um, you know, there's birds chirping, you know, there's, there's tastes, there's movements, blah, blah. I think you're getting the point here, what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to say here. We can do these things for ourselves, if we so choose. Now, we get busy, we get, we get caught up. I understand that. But the idea here is this guided imagery is the key here. I mean, I guess it's, it's become, I guess, uh, analog 
for it. Is that am I using that word correctly? Um, but just because it is, you know, a key component, it's, it, I I don't want to say. I don't know. Well, let me let me collect my thoughts. The idea here that this is pseudo-medical, it undercuts anything that's ever been told to us or told to someone who doesn't believe it's valid as encouragement, as, hey, you can do this. Hey, just relax, focus, put your mind to it. You are capable of achieving this thing. Any anything like that in essence is in this neighborhood here it's in that same neighborhood of guided meditation guided imagery is going to be a little more specific here now with evoking specific images and you know sounds and tastes and smells associated with touch such as texture temperature and pressure as well as imaginative or mental content that the participant or patient experiences as def Defying conventional sensory categories. Okay, so you are an unstoppable force. You Here's a big one. Paul Santisi is a guy that I enjoy listening to on YouTube. Guided Meditations for Money Manifestation. That's a, a lot of syllables, but trust me, it's really fun to say. Guided Meditations for Money Manifestations. It's really fun. It's enjoyable to say all of those things together. Paul will um, guide you with his voice and through sounds and through different, you know, hertz levels and, you know, techniques, uh, audio editing techniques. He'll guide you into understanding that you are worthy of money and you are, you love people and you use money. You don't use people and love money. You love people and you use money and you are grateful for all of the abundance that you have and the more abundance that you have the more you will give and your abundance is only a result of you giving you love people and you use money Okay, you are an unstoppable force. It's it's these kinds of things, right? Paul is great at it, and then he'll yell at you. He will. He'll yell at you a little bit, like, "Why don't you want money? Don't you want money? Why are you being stupid? Why would you not want money?" Like, he really rattles your cage a little bit. So different people have different techniques. It, it turns out when it comes to guided meditations, some of them are like mini pep talks in the middle. Um, so. Journaling is a key is a key aspect for many people when it comes to guided meditation because you get to um, document what it is you're experiencing and what it is you're seeing or the things that are being evoked here, the things that are being conjured. And depending, it's almost like a word association situation. Depending on what's being guided for you or who is guiding you, um, if you are focusing on the things that are popping up in your mind and what you are associating them with, then maybe you can better understand things that might be preventing you from achieving certain goals or achieving happiness in certain ways. If you find yourself kind of being stuck or always getting blocked or having negative associations when it goes to certain places in the guided meditation, you might you might want to spend a little time thinking about that. And I think through journaling, you can understand better how often these things are popping up. And only then can you be like, ooh, this is, okay, here, this isn't just a guest star in this series of my life that's being a, a, a you know, an antagonist. This is like, you know, this thing is getting, you know, this is part of the cast. And, I, you know, maybe you don't want them. Maybe you don't want that thing. Maybe it's self-doubt. Maybe it's unworthiness, a sense of that. Or maybe it's uh, a sense of um, not being capable. Or maybe it's uh, worry about being perceived as greedy. Or um, yeah. 
they all come back to like a couple different things. Uh, anyway, the journaling is very helpful. So in the guided meditation, it's very helpful. I wish I had some music here, maybe. Um, I won't. Uh, we'll worry about that later. Um, that'll probably be some bonus content uh, for maybe some patrons. Um, mental imagery in everyday life. Two ways of generating mental imagery. Uh, there's two fundamental ways. Um, voluntary and involuntary. So think of it like blinking. You can blink if you want to. Um, you can leave that past behind, but if you don't blink, uh, but you blink involuntarily most of the time. The involuntary and spontaneous generation of mental images is integral to ordinary sensory perception and cognition and occurs without volitional intent. Meanwhile, many different aspects of everyday problem-solving, scientific reasoning, and creative activity involve the volitional and deliberate generation of mental images. So, basically, you know, the voluntary mental imagery may resemble previous sensory perception experience recalled from memory. Like, remember, like, a happy moment or, like, you know, the first time you actually had a milkshake. Oh, remember that moment? Do you, can you go back? Or the last time you had a really good milkshake. Maybe just think about that moment, right? Um, there's sense, there, there's smell, there's taste, there's there's um, feel. There, there, there's all kinds of things there. You can see it. Involuntary is a generation of involuntary mental imagery created directly from present sensory stimulation and perceptual information, such as when someone sees an object, creates mental images of it, and maintains this imagery as they look away or close their eyes. Or when someone hears a noise and maintains an auditory image of it. Like when you hear a great song and you can hear it, you can hear it inside your head long after uh, the, the speakers have been turned off or the radio is turned off or you're no longer listening to your, your iPhone or your iPad or whatever it is. Or I, did I say iPad? What is it? iPod. Am I like an old man? I can't. Your, your, iP your eye thing. Um, so anyway, if I say pineapple, what image pops into your head? Some people might think pina colada. Oh, I'm on a beach right now wearing a grass skirt with a ukulele, having a good time, and there's topless women there. Does that say a lot about me? It probably does. But nonetheless, that's why I love pineapples, because I see that when I hear the word, and they're also delicious. Um, so some more things about guided therapeutic imagery is a technique in which mental health professionals help individuals in therapy focus on mental images in order to evoke feelings of relaxation. Uh, it's based on the concept of mind-body connection, uh, the, the mental-physical intervention we were talking about earlier. Mind-body connection upholds the interaction between body and mind as one important factor in a person's overall health and well-being. And guided therapeutic imagery, a person can call on mental images to improve both emotional and physical health. This is goodtherapy.org was where I'm getting some of this information. The idea that this is being incorporated in many, many, many more hospitals around the United States and in the Western world is very encouraging. It's very exciting. It is not being used as replacement therapy as much as it is being used as additional therapy. Um, to help with symptoms as opposed to not trying to cure the problem as much to treat the symptoms here. Uh, various forms of guided imagery have been used for centuries as far back as uh, ancient Greek times. Uh, and the technique is an established approach in Chinese medicine and American Indian traditions as well as other healing and religious practices. Um, Jacob Moreno's technique of psychodrama, which was developed in the 1940s, can also be linked to guided imagery as the enactment of the person in therapy's unique concerns can be understood as a method of directing a person's own imagery. In fact, Hans Luner, who further developed psychodrama, called the approach guided effective imagery. And you might be asking yourself, Ryan, what is psychodrama other than the perfect name for your band? It's an exper uh, experien experiential form of therapy. Uh, allows those in treatment to explore issues through action methods, dramatic actions. Uh, this approach incorporates role-playing and group dynamics to help people gain greater perspective on emotional concerns, conflicts, or other areas of difficulty in a safe, trusted environment. 
People seeking therapy may find psychodrama to be beneficial. So for the development of emotional well-being as well as cognitive and behavioral skills. Um, so, yeah, Jacob Moreno was a 20, 20th century psychiatrist. Um, his first session that he held was in 1921. So it's some old stuff, almost 100 years old now. Guided imagery, as you can see, is very powerful, and it is very widespread. This is guided meditation. So uh, when people think of guided meditation, I'm not sure what they think of. I'm not sure if they think positive thoughts or negative thoughts, but I'm sure we could do a couple guided meditations with them and, you know, set them straight on it. But, um, you know, wouldn't that be, that's essentially, I'm just talking about doing subliminal messaging. <laughs> you might wonder, is the connection between guided meditation and subliminal mes messaging, is it something you should be worried about? And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I wish I would have researched it, but I just now thought of it. Uh, subliminal messaging, although here's the big difference. If I were to go out on a limb without having thought about this previously until just now. Subliminal messaging is when you are unaware of something being slipped in to try to affect your thought pattern or your belief system, if we can go that far, uh, to try to... Um, affect your worldview in in very specific ways. Guided meditation. This is with all out you, with all out you. This is without. This is all without you. Necessarily being aware, or even if you are somewhat aware, you are a very passive uh, participant. You could argue that everyone in America in the West has been a passive participant in, well, this is going to be a bold statement, but Islamophobia for the last, since 9-11 on the news. Um, I, I would argue that Black Lives Matter grew out of uh, a very similar thing. Uh, you know, the, the subliminal messaging and just the outright uh, overt messaging of the media trying to make people be afraid of, uh, of something or of, of a group of people. Islamophobia, I believe, is very uh, a good example of what's happened here, but, uh, but it, it, it's not even as subtle as subliminal. Subliminal would be like when things are slipped into music. Remember, people always thought that like rock and roll was telling teenagers to worship the devil because if you played them backwards, there were satanic messages or they were sneaking little things in there. I have done subliminal messaging before in like certain projects I've done for fun, but um, I'm not a scientist, so I don't even know if it was real. What I would do is I would flash certain images for like not even a full frame or as small of a frame as you could in certain web series just to try to evoke and it, uh, evoke some kind of, uh, you know, uh, emotion or, or feeling without the person realizing that it was being evoked. Fight Club was very uh, popular movie. Uh, he would splice in uh, porn into regular old movies when he was a projectionist, if you remember that. That would be, you could consider that kind of subliminal uh, sexual sabotage almost in a certain way, trying to set, that's like sexual subliminal messaging. So I think guided meditation, you seeking it out. You, uh, you seeking it out. You are seeking it out. Therefore, you have a purpose in mind of something that you want, like you want Paul Santisi to help you get rich. Um or you want to relax, or you want to feel empowered, or you want to get your chakras aligned, or you want to do all this other kind of stuff. There's all kinds of God. I'm telling you, my YouTube is filled with guided meditation videos that I've been watching or listening to. Sometimes I will walk around hiking, listening to them. I don't think you necessarily always have to be uh, still. This is something that you can figure out for yourself when it comes to your preferred manner or method of meditation. So guided therapeutic uh, imagery techniques um, are taking place in hospitals and clinics all around the country in the Western world now. Um, very, uh, very popular in places such as hospice uh, and uh, post-hospital care situations. Um, you've got people doing Reiki 
at hospice now. This is, my mom was doing Reiki at hospice years ago, like kind of rogue. My mom was doing rogue Reiki at a hospice. Um, this was like pre-therapy dogs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've got, you know, people out there who are trying to, you know, help for a long time. And now it's becoming actually implemented and integrated into as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply into the healthcare system into great I mean, I mean right with a into that is very into great okay I think I, I'll probably be grading your nerve I'll be integrating your nerves if I keep trying to slip puns into this thing the history of guided imagery um, this has also been used for centuries 1985, an alternative health advocate and pioneer in guided imagery named Jean Achterberg published Imagery and Healing. This influential book explores the systema, uh, systematic use of imagery and the positive impact it can have on the course of illness and its ability, ability to help patients cope with pain. The book brought together modern research with the practice of early healers with her claim that imagery is the oldest and most powerful form of healing in the world. This book is now a classic in the alternative medicine field. This reminds me of the conversation I was having with my, my new roommate, Alex, very funny comedian, Alex Stone, was telling me that most painkillers even are mentally effective because you're being told you're getting this painkiller, therefore it works. It's amazing, man. You know, I told myself I wouldn't get sick for years, and I just never got sick. I don't get sick. I don't get sick again now. I'm also back into that phase. Like, I do, uh, starting now, I do not get sick. I, I know f they're, they're talking about, oh, flu season's, you know. They're telling us on the news. They're getting everyone prepared to be sick. Like, every oh, the flu's going to be real bad this year. So it's like, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get the flu then. I get it every year. It's like, you do because you do. You do. You think you know you do. You think you do. You believe it. I don't get sick. I don't get the flu. And I'll never be sick again. And I'm never going to die. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm never going to die. I'm never going to die? Okay. Um, here's a little more, just a little more, like, actual information. Over the last 13 years or so, hospitals have tripled their adoption rates of guided imagery programs, as well as massage, massage and healing touch. The American Cancer Society also now considers, considers, I need some rest, considers it a useful treatment to help cancer patients cope with the condition. Beginning around 2008, research into this form of therapy began to increase with the use of modern brain scans and blood assays. Numerous studies were then published demonstrating that imagery can change immune activity on the cellular level, much like meditation and hypnosis. So, from prehistory, we have been using guided meditation, we have been using uh, guided imagery to try to uh, imagine a better world, a more pain-free world, a happier, a healthier world, a healthier body, a happier mind. The argument that has always baffled me is when it comes to the idea of mental health, can one use their mind? Hmm. It's interesting, right? But if you separate 
consciousness from your brain, maybe then, but thought patterns, if they are hurtful and painful, those aren't part of your brain as much as they are your consciousness. So how does one use their mind to heal their mind? Well, maybe, just maybe, a guided meditation, a practitioner who, excuse me, I sneezed. I'm allergic to uh, hotel beds that are too tightly tucked in. I'm looking at my bed and it's like, it's Fort Knox. Maybe, just maybe, this is where guided meditation can really be helpful. We get someone who's really good or someone we jive, someone we click with, someone we really ebb and flow with. Maybe they can guide us. Maybe they can help us because it's outside of our own mind, even though we are collectively a consciousness. Therefore, they're accessing the part of the consciousness that I already have that is healthy, that I am just not letting myself occupy. I wish it was that simple. Um, and I know that it is not. And so I don't want you to think, if you're out there struggling with mental illness of any kind, that I'm just like, just watch some YouTube videos. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't uh, think, I wouldn't try to dismiss it, be that dismissive uh, of what you're dealing with. Now, how to use guided imagery. I mean, I know we're kind of bouncing back and forth between guided imagery and guided meditations. The guided meditation part here is easy. Okay, you, you go to the internet, you go to YouTube specifically, there's a ton of free ones there. There's, I'm telling you, you're going to fall in love with some people. Like in a good way, okay? Not in like a, I have to find out where they live. Not in that kind of way. But you're going to fall in love with some of these people who are out there just trying to help you. I mean, they're just out there trying to do good stuff, right? And maybe some of them got 17 views. And the video's been up for four years. But, hey, they're trying, you know? They're, they're putting good out there. You're going to fall in love with some of these people, I'm just telling you. How to use guided imagery, on the other hand, is a little more tricky. Um, you can write a script um, to guide thinking. Um, then you can, you know, get some people. Uh, like, if you wanted to try doing it, then you would have to get some people to, like, read your script. Um, you know, so you can either have the person read it or you can read it to them. Or you can have it read to you. Um, then you reflect on what happens. Uh, um you want me to read you an example? I'm going to read you an example from creatingminds.org. Um, give me a second here. I'm going to be, uh, cue the music. Are you comfortable? Good. Wait, that was a little too aggressive. <laughs> that was too aggressive. The good was too aggressive. Let's try it again. Are you comfortable? Good. I'm not happy with the good. I'm still not happy. Okay, one more time. Third time's a charm. Are you comfortable? Good. Now stretch and take a few minutes to relax. Close your eyes and notice any tensions in your body and just let each of them go. That's right. Now imagine yourself sitting in a field, the grass soft and sweet smelling beneath you, the sun comfortably warm above and a soft breeze gently rustling the leaves of the trees around the field. You smile within and stand up. As you look around the field, you spot an old gate on one side. Maybe it's wooden or iron, slightly splintered or even rusted. You walk over to it, open it, and go through into the deserted lane beyond. You glance down at your hand and notice there's a bit of dirt, remnants from the gate you just passed. Beneath the archway of branches from the trees either side, you walk slowly down the lane, listening to the soft sounds of the breeze in the trees and distant birds calling to one another. Seeing a stile at the side of the road, which leads to a path up a hill, you walk up to it 
grasp the stile firmly and climb over. Just as you are about to walk up on the path, you notice a piece of paper on the ground. It seems to have something written on it. It's crumpled, slightly yellowed. With a sense of anticipation, you pick it up and look carefully at it. Okay, I'm going to stop there. I added a little, I, I would add some details there. I flared it up a little bit, but what does that piece of paper read? That's what I'm interested in. Open that piece of paper that you just picked up off the ground. Gently unfold it. Use your thumb and your pointer and your middle finger and smooth the paper out in between those, the paddings of your thumb and pointer fingers. What is written in blue ink on that piece of paper? Three words. If you haven't been able to visualize what's on there yet, there are three words written on there. What three words were written for you? Okay, so yeah, whatever that is, that is. So that's like an, kind of an example here uh, of some guided imagery. I'm going to actually, I'm going to do some of those. I'm going to actually write some of them out. That sounds like fun. I'm going to get going. I got um, another 800 miles. We're going to drive. We're going to drive 800 miles. And when I say we, I mean all of us. We are all in this together. Everybody's sharing the road, okay, with bicyclists, with, with truckers, with uh, comedians and Camrys. We're all out there sharing the road together. I'm going to relax, take a bath. I might take a bath. If, if there's a tub in this bath, this, you know what? I got myself a decent hotel because of Priceline, one of those express deals. I just gambled and went for it. So, yeah, I got a really sweet deal on it. There's a tub in there. I'm going to soak. Okay. Maybe I'll f order some salt from uh, the lobby. and just. Uh, I guess it has to be Epsom salt. Anyway, thank you for listening. I, I, I do appreciate it. If you're listening to this on the day it came out, that means that just in a couple days from now, I'll be at Wiley's Comedy Club in Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Wiley'sComedy.com. You can get tickets there. If you use the code BOBCAT, make tickets online or call. Say the word BOBCAT. You can get discounted tickets. They were free up until like last night but now they're just discounted maybe 70% off maybe 50% off so use the word bobcat get discounted tickets that's a deal I'm gonna have the past is alien shirts very limited run of the red ones but I've got the black ones with me I've got the pins the doctor strange me as doctor strange head pins I've got tour posters those will be arriving I think on Thursday or Friday afternoon at my uh, my dad's house so I'll pick those up I will have the artwork from uh, my friend Shariah Anastasia. She is the one who, oh, the posters are so cool, right? I'm like talking to a lot of artists right now. And I, I just interviewed one, I think, uh, just this past Friday. You heard my interview with Christina. Um, I'm going to be re-interviewing other art the artists that I've already interviewed probably for this uh, esoteric occult art series I want to do because the idea of the occult and esoteric things being tied into art is very fascinating to me and also specifically young women i mean it, it, i guess it sounds creepy when a 40 year old dude is saying it but there's something there's a very strong connection between young women the occult and art and i think it, it, it bears a little further investigation you know talking to some of them also poetry music things like that it's not just young women okay so um I think we do a pretty good job of, of trying to keep the creep factor out of this thing. So, um, yeah, what else? Me and ParanormalU.com, RyanSingerComedy.com, Rising on Instagram. Hit me up a message on Instagram. Usually I can respond much quicker on Instagram because I always have my phone with me. And sometimes I don't always have my computer. I've been trying to disconnect from the digital, the fluorescent. I've been trying not to have such a fluorescent face, which means I don't get on the email and the Google Voice and all that stuff as much as I should probably. But that's because I'm trying not to have the fluorescent face. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to be in the world as opposed to in my computer and in my phone. I've got an exciting tour potentially coming up later that I will tell you about. Um, it's still in the very early stages of like even discussion um, about the potentiality of it. 
but yeah, so that is, it's going to be a fun one if it ends up working out. But I've got the Pocket Full of Crystals tour happening in the meantime. We are kicked off, baby. Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm coming your way in a few weeks. Springfield, Missouri, I'll be there at the Blue Room Comedy Club here in two weekends. Oh my goodness gracious. I'll be at the University of Kentucky tomorrow night. Uh, if you're a student at the University of Kentucky, come on down to the Cat's Den. Free. I'll, I'll tell you jokes for free. Anyway, I love performing there. It's a cool... Uh, University of Kentucky is a cool, cool spot. Lexington is a beautiful, beautiful town. I thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you. I love you deeply. We are all in this together. Maybe we can all just stop spending money on everything else except taking care of everybody. Maybe I can get Elon Musk, as much as I love SpaceX, maybe I can just be like, bro, stop it. Maybe I can get Jeff Bezos on the phone. Jeff, I mean, let's put space on hold, baby. Let's get Donald Rumsfeld on the phone. Hey, the war machine. Hey, let's lock it up and throw away the key. We got all this money. We could feed and house everybody. Huh. Donate to my patron. <laughs> the hypocrite inside all of us will emerge, whether you want it to or not. Thank you very much to all the uh, the uh, the patrons of the Mindcast. I truly, truly appreciate it. The swag bags are in the mail. I hope they've shown up or are showing up any day now to the new people who had swag bags. Uh, I believe it was Michelle and Rachel. I sent some swag bags out to you just recently. I'm checking the Patreon page. My buddy uh, Carolyn told me that I think one of the links isn't working there. For um, uh, There's uh, some hidden content, uh, secret content that is available for a certain level of patron, and apparently that's not working, so I'm going to try to fix that tonight. Thank you for hipping me to that. I've been in my car for the last couple days, so I haven't really been on my phone much at all, other than listening to baseball. Okay, I love you. I'll talk to you soon, and if I, I hope to see you on the road, but if I don't, guess what? I'll see you at the watering hole on the astral plane. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.